Hello, Sarah. Hello, Kim. How are you doing? It's Friday. It's gorgeous outside. My brain is a little full from reading and writing, but otherwise I'm good. How about yourself? Yeah, my brain is a little full from election mathing um, mm. for context. It is Friday at four o'clock and we are still in the midst of the election math and wrapping things up. So it's been, it's been a very full week. I don't know that I would have wanted to record today if we didn't have a guest that I love so much. So I, but we just have to have to meet this guest. She's too fantastic not to. Yeah, let's get to it. All right. I'm so, so, so excited that we have Shannon Montague with us. Some of us know her as Miss Monty, and she's the Director of Professional Development at the Virginia Association of Independent Schools. Do you prefer Shannon or Miss Monty? What do, you, what do you want today? You know, that is a great question. And also, like, that was such a lovely introduction. Like, <laughs> I don't get that anymore. Oh. You know, like, I don't have, like, excited people to see me. I spend a lot of time at home. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're so excited to make up for all of the excitement that you missed. I love it. I love it. But you know what? So the Monty name is actually a fun little story, if you'll allow me. Um, yes. So my first couple of years of teaching, I worked at a school called Bullis in Potomac, Maryland. And one of my students, Spencer, was on my kickball team. <laughs> We had some kind of kickball day, you know, middle school, those things happen. And I was coaching kickball and he was like, we need a team name. And he came up with the Montes and he had a cheer and everything and it just stuck. So honestly, adults, friends, children, everybody calls me Monty. So like, you can just call me Monty. It's, it's literally, it's what people call me. Okay. As a Fitz, I understand that. Yeah. It just kind of stuck. Yeah. And I never had a nickname before that. Like I was just always Shannon. It's a pretty good nickname. Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Spencer. (laughs) So you mentioned that you were a teacher and Mm -hmm. we know now that you hold this very exciting and impressive title at the Virginia Association of Independent Schools. So tell us a little bit about your job and how you got there. So yes, I just started in July at the Virginia Association of Independent Schools as the Director of Professional Development. I've always been really interested in uh, adult learning and working with teachers specifically. And so I was just fortunate that this job opened up and they thought I could possibly do it, um, <laughs> which is really lovely. I When I was I guess about 10 years ago or so, I got started with the Ed Camp movement, which y'all might have heard of, um, Unconferencing Professional Development, and was really heavily involved in that and on the Ed Camp Foundation board. And so I've really just always had this kind of side hobby almost of working with teachers in professional development. And now I get to do it all day long. And so my job has taken kind of a, a pivot. I didn't want to use any of the the, the current buzzwords, but it has taken a pivot. <laughs> it's, it's, that's a buzzword. <laughs> We're here. We're pivoting. Um, and so that has been interesting because, you know, it was something where I would be out visiting schools right now and meeting teachers and creating kind of in-person big events. And now I'm Zooming almost every day. And uh, the nice thing is I've been able to deliver programming for BEIS in a way that hasn't been able to happen before because it's been so in-person event dependent. But in other ways, it's very different than uh, what I'm used to, you know, being in Mm -hmm. schools and around people all the time. Yeah. 
That is a big change. And what, before I go on to my next question, which you set me up for perfectly, oh, I happen to know as a fellow work from Homer, we have texted about our command stations. <laughs> so if you don't work from home, <laughs> once you realize what it kind of takes to work from home, everybody has their own little setup. Like I have my laptop and my external monitor with my HD webcam and I've got my iPad and my Chromebook. And sometimes I have all the screens on at once. Can you tell us about your command station? Yeah. So this is, guys, don't judge me. Um, (laughs) So I'm actually at like command command center right now because the VAIS annual conference is next week. And I'm also working on um, running Zoom for a show for a local theater next week. And so I moved command station downstairs to my dining room um, to be close to food because I will probably only get up to like eat and drink and then I will go right back to command station. And so my setup right now is downstairs. This is normally upstairs, but I was one of those people and I'm sorry if you are someone I'm going to be judging right now, but I was one of those people who judged folks with second monitors. I was like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Why do you have the laptop if you're then going to have the second external monitor? Y'all, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You can't know until you know. You don't know. You don't know until you know. It is the most amazing thing that I have ever purchased. I hate working on just my laptop now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, where is the monitor at all times of the day? So I have my laptop. My laptop's on a stand. I have my external monitor, um, but I also have this kind of like fun audio system because I do have this theater and singing background. So I have an audio interface in order to sing more easily on Zoom. And so I can plug in like a, um, a I, my iTunes for like a, an accompaniment track and my microphone and they come into Zoom at the same time, which is really cool. So that way I can sing. But that's kind of, I think that's everything at Mission Control, aside from like notebook, pens, post-its, drinks, my blue light glasses, like pretty, I'm pretty. All the necessary things. All the, I even brought my desk chair downstairs. I was like, you have (laughs) chairs at the dining room table. I'm like, no, no, I need (laughs) not not good ones. Now, Kim, I have to ask, because you were in tech before you were in teaching, have you always known the joy of the, the external monitor? No, I have not. My husband's had one, you know, for forever and I'm still not there. So (laughs) I feel so bad for you. (laughs) I'm telling you, it took me a long time. It's because they gave me one at work. Yeah. Yeah. I also have only reason in Mm -hmm. my space, which I love. I have, you know, an office space now set up, but my desk is pretty small. So I don't have a lot of real real estate to uh, have extra stuff on. So, so far, so good for me. We'll see you on the other side. Okay. When you get there. All right. <laughs> so, so I'll get to the real questions now. Shannon, yes. you're Monty. You mentioned how normally you would be at schools and connecting with teachers right now, and instead you are Zooming from your command center. How has the pandemic changed professional development for teachers and schools? Are, are, are all schools still participating? Have some just kind of put the kibosh on professional development for this year? What does that look like? First of all, I have to, I do this all the time. I have to give a shout out to anyone who is in a school right now, whether you are teaching from home or physically in the school building or somewhere in between. I say all the time, no one signed up for this job. I do not know how y'all are doing it. I, you know, I, I have a little bit of, you know, survivor's guilt, which I should, mm-hmm. I mean, I signed up for this job 
before, barely, before the pandemic really hit and we were sent home. But I just watch in awe of all that teachers are doing. And so I say all that to say, like, it has absolutely changed the way that professional development's delivered. What amazes me is that teachers are still so ready and willing to engage in PD and they're doing it when they can, which is, you know, again, I, I love teachers and it, and it breaks my heart at the same time. I have folks who I know from our analytics who watch videos at 11 o'clock at night or who'll spend their Saturdays and Sundays watching recordings of webinars that we've done during the week. And so the shift has been that obviously everything's online and I am really working to say to folks, you know, I'm going to be live with this speaker at a time. Come join if you can. That's always more fun. But know that every single thing that we do, and I say this to every speaker that I, I bring to DIS, everything we do is going to be recorded because what I've seen as the biggest shift is that, you know, there's no good time of day. I say to speakers all the time, what time should I be live? Uh, there's no good time of day. Um, so just come, come when you feel like it. But I know that what will happen is, is that teachers will watch the recordings and will be engaged in the recordings. And I've seen them, you know, write me emails and say, hey, can you ask so-and-so this follow-up question from what I watched? And that's really phenomenal. But I just know that teachers are working so, so hard, more hard, harder than I've ever, I think, probably seen in my career. And it's, it's really incredible. I got to agree with you there. And it's, it's amazing to watch. And it's also sad. Yeah. It just, I, I just want to be like, you don't have to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Go to sleep instead. Right. Like, put me out of a job. It's fine. Just, yeah, go to bed or do whatever. Just watch Netflix. I don't care. It sounds like the demand is still very high. The demand is still there. Um, I would say from looking at kind of, again, the back end of um, our platform that we store all of our, our webinars on, teachers are really interested in student and teacher well-being and mental health. They're really interested in, you know, kind of to follow up with that social emotional learning mm -hmm. and making sure that they're still integrating social emotional pieces into their curriculum. And then I would say that kind of the next big thing is around uh, diversity, equity, um, inclusion, and justice, which has been really great. Those are some of our highest, not rated, but most watched professional development um, webinars have been on those topics. Well, that's so exciting to hear. Mm-hmm. Kim, I feel like you and I have talked and just about those things needing to be a cornerstone of curriculum and education. And Shannon, when we worked together, that was part of our conversations too. And to hear that that is building steam and gaining ground is, is so exciting. Yes, for sure. We, we, uh, it's so overdue. One thing I was wondering is how do you bring interactivity to something, especially if, if folks are doing it as a, watching it as a video after. Have you had opportunities to think about that or try things out? Yeah, actually that's such a, it's such an interesting question because I just sent an email, our annual conference is next week and we have session leaders and we have lots of folks registered. We have over 700 people registered, but I have absolutely no idea how many of them are actually coming to any uh -huh. particular event live or, you know, because we said register and you can attend the live event or you can watch the recording. And mm -hmm. so I don't know if they're all like, great, I'm going to watch the recording later or if they're going to come live. And so one of the things I had to do was really prep our speakers. 
with what I call kind of asynchronous ways of engaging their audience. And so I, I actually had one speaker say to me the other day that they were using Nearpod. Um, oh, yeah. That was so cool. And something that, you know, teachers use Nearpod or Pear Deck all the time, but to have a speaker try it to see what might happen in order to have it on that student self-paced mode in order for teachers to kind of engage synchronously, asynchronously was a really cool idea. Other ideas that I've given are, you know, things that that lots of teachers are using now, Flipgrid or Padlet or, mm-hmm. oh, um, what's the Google one called? It just escaped me. Jamboard, Jamboard. Oh yeah, the white, we use that a lot. Yeah. Yes, oh Lord. The kind, I mean, of, the kind of whiteboard situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just kind of the old fashioned way of, of interactivity too, which is give people time to reflect. Mm-hmm. Whoa, like <laughs> who knew, blows, blows their mind every time, you know? And if you're giving people time in your session to reflect, you reflect too. Oh yeah. Right, while it's happening. And so you're gonna say, we're gonna take two minutes to reflect on and give them a prompt and do it yourself in the session, in the recording. Um, and so those are, those are kind of the interactivity conversations I've been having. You know, it's a little bit, someone joked, it's a little bit like being on a, a kid's show on PBS. Like I was just about to say, it's, I tell the teachers to think of Blue's Clues. Yeah. Yeah, where exactly. you pause for, like Steve would pause for, I'm aging myself here, but Steve mm-hmm. would pause for what felt like an absurdly long time yep. so that every kid had the chance to be like, oh, it's green. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. everyone gets to play. Yes. Exactly. I said, because if you race through, someone watching the recording is going to immediately kind of tune out because you're not talking to them anymore. And so, yeah, that's so interesting. But yeah, definitely. And I said more wait time for those who are in their live than you've ever given in your entire life. I I see a lot of session speakers ask a question and people don't answer immediately in this Mm -hmm. medium. And so it's like, just give them a second. I say, look for the microphone. Someone's going to click their microphone. Don't give up hope. Or someone is typing out something in the chat. Just give them a second. So yeah, so that's, those are kind of my pieces of advice as we're kind of navigating this synchronous, asynchronous, strange land. It is a strange Mm -hmm. land. You've mentioned a few ways that you see educators struggling, a la they are signing on to watch sessions at 11 p.m. or on Saturday afternoons. Are there any ways that you see educators thriving in 2020, maybe that you didn't expect? Yeah, I mean, so I mentioned earlier on, you know, my involvement in ed camps and, and things like that. And, and part of how I became involved in ed camp was that I was on the Twitters Uh, way back in the day and was one of those people who found a lot of value and connection from connecting with other educators in social media. And this feels to me like a little bit of not a rebirth of that because I don't see educators, you know, flocking to to social media per se. But I think how educators are thriving right now is by understanding the importance of connecting to one another and really taking an opportunity to be in a space together and have a conversation. I had the Professional Development Advisory Committee for BAIS on Friday for a quick meeting. And I started the meeting just being like, hey, how y'all doing? And, you know, 30 minutes later, we're still talking and they're just talking (laughs) about, you know, struggles, but also, you know, what's going well and just how they're feeling in this moment. And I think that has been really heartening for me. I think that, you know, a lot of times we can worry about educators kind of feeling siloed and alone and no more could one feel siloed or alone than this year um, in, in so many ways. And so to see educators really reaching out to one another 
has felt really good and I think is really good in a time that we can feel so isolated and alone. Um, and so I'm glad to see them kind of out and about on, on the internet trying to find one another and, and share ideas and connect. I feel like I'm on with two of the best connectors. I feel like you both take great personal and professional joy in plugging people in with other people that will make them laugh or inspire them or push them to something. And so people should follow you both on all of the platforms and like in real life, I don't know. And just because you- What do you mean follow us in real life? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. where I live, right? (laughs) No one leaves their houses anymore. But um, to follow you both because you- have this talent of being like, I know this person who would love to meet this person and they have gifts that would be complimentary and I'm going to link them very casually. And that's such a cool superpower. So I have to tell a story. Kim's going to love me for this. Um, Kim, I'm sure you remember this because I was such a weirdo fangirl. When I interviewed at our previous place of employment and met Kim for the first time, I was like, I follow you on Twitter. I followed Kim forever. And it was so cool to meet her in person. I just totally remember that moment. I was such a fangirl. I was like, Kim Wilkins, I'm talking to Kim Wilkins. That's so cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I often feel that way as well when I get to, to meet somebody I've been following there for a long time. It was so fun. I still feel that way. Oh. We should make signs. <laughs> <laughs> so another way that I've seen teachers thrive uh, is their willingness to take more risk. And I oh, felt yeah. like we felt that when we were together mm-hmm. at our previous school and all mm-hmm. this, you know, came down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had teachers just trying things and doing things they'd never done before. And I feel like that has continued. Are you seeing that as well, that teachers feeling more willing to take risks? Yes, no, a hundred percent. And I would say, uh, as I was kind of doing that top list of professional development topics, I think that the other thing that has been really interesting to see are both like the 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 kind of the ed tech tool sessions that are really popular, how to use X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. but also the big top kind of the meteor topics in education being really popular. So sessions around assessment, sessions around project-based learning, sessions around, you know, what what is homework and, and why do we have it? And I, I got one of our speakers, I did it on purpose. It was towards the end of the session. I was like, tell me about homework. And he was like, Shannon. I was like, I, I don't know. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I just want to poke. Um, and yeah, so absolutely. And, and this is the time to do it. You know, uh, there's so much about where we are right now that is not great. I get it. I feel it. I'm, I'm living it. And what I am hopeful for is that coming out of this, there will be this, this sea change in education that we've been inching towards for so long really happen. Next, to plug a BIS session in the next year, um, next February, I actually have a webinar um, with Joe Feldman happening, who wrote the Grading for Equity book. And I mean, if I could, you know, if those changes could happen as a result of, of this, you know, horrible thing, at least it's a better future for, for our students and, and maybe some authentic and relevant learning will really take hold and take place. So yeah, I've definitely seen that change as well. I think a lot of that has to do with, we've been talking about teachers a lot, but I also think that a lot of it has to do with administrators yeah. uh, providing that space. And that is one thing you blew me away uh, when this went down and how you handled that and how you trusted 
us <laughs> to do what we, we needed to do. And I'm just wondering what uh, advice, counsel, you know, how, how can administrators take advantage of this moment as well? Oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> you kind of said it in the sense of back up. Just get out of the way. I mean, get in the way if something's going terrible, but get out of the way. I feel as though, you know, one of my, the trickier points of being an administrator is, you know, balancing the need to kind of control and kind of keep an eye on what's going on to make sure the building doesn't burn down and and just getting the heck out of the way and letting change happen. Um, And there's a lot to that. I mean, you know, in, in letting change happen, you know, some feelings are going to get hurt. Um, and, you know, why do, why does so-and-so get to do this and I don't and da-da-da-da. Get all of that. But at the same time, I think that, you know, I'm watching teachers take the time and the opportunity. And I watch teachers at our previous school take the time and opportunity to learn and really work on, on their craft, the, the science and the art of teaching. I trust them 100%. And I think that that is the best thing for an administrator to do is just trust your teachers 100% and help them do whatever it is that they're trying to do and get out of the way. That made me goosebumpy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that that is a common opinion and I very much want it to be. Mm-hmm. Teachers are professionals who care deeply and work hard to maintain best practice and to improve their craft. And so the idea of administrators saying, I trust you, you're amazing, you can do it, how can I help? is, oh, it's got me all verklempt. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not easy. I mean, I can say all I want to, but you're absolutely right. I'm within a system. And I mean, we systems are systems are systems for a reason. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's what makes it hard. But, you know, I tried the best I could where I could to let that happen. And I, I, you know, I think I remember, I can't remember what exactly I said, my first or second year, but it was something around the lines of like, how can I help you? Or like, what can I do to support you? Or something like that was kind of my mantra. And I really do believe that, you know, yes. And how can I help? Now, if, if teachers are learning and growing and administrators are learning and growing, I, I'm wondering, what do you think the new normal for education is going to look like? Eventually, we are going to move back to learning in person, hopefully sooner rather than later. Schools want to be open. Teachers want to be with their students. I wonder if you think that there's going to be any permanent changes from this historic period that we're living through. What do you think it's going to look like? What do you hope it's going to look like on the other side? I mean, I'm a pretty optimistic person, but I have to say to this question, you know, what I think and what I hope are two very different things. Um, and I, and I don't want to be pessimistic. And maybe by saying this, I'm, I'm going to put out into the universe a challenge to education and say, you know, I think right now that whenever the new normal comes, that it will be a lot like the old normal. And that mm-hmm. scares me a little bit. What I hope is that we start to understand how certain students were able to thrive in this setting and what was going on, what was in place, what was happening that allowed them to do so. And, you know, was it the, the change that you made to how you taught or the types of uh, assignments that you gave or how you graded, or was it the fact that they were able to be at home or was it the fact that it was more self-paced or was it, you know, whatever those those pieces are. I hope that we take a moment and, and kind of look at, at what worked 
and also understand that what worked for one student might not work for every student Mm -hmm. and know that like if we can do this we can do anything you know so it was something you know if a kid needs to be at home or we need to come up with a hybrid schedule holy moly like we can do that now like i'm pretty sure we can figure that out and there are a lot of schools that have been doing that for a really long time mm. and and are kind of looking at us all now and going like yep um, <laughs> Would you like some help? Um, and so I just hope that that we take a moment to to not just kind of go back to where we were, but to think about how the the system can adapt to the needs of our our, our current students and how technology, how our flexibility, how you know all of these these moments have taught us some lessons that could help us move forward. I have a quote up on the wall behind my command station (laughs) that says, why do people ask, can remote learning work for all children when they never asked, does classroom learning work for all children? Um, And I think about that a lot as I work with, I'm on a hybrid. I'm, I'm working with kids in the building and kids at home and helping teachers to bridge that gap. And I think about that all the time and, and you have stated it so beautifully there. I, what I hope and what I think are different and that it also makes me a little nervous. Mm-hmm. How about you, Kim? Oh, for sure. But that's why we're going to keep being out there leading the charge, right? Keep pushing, <laughs> keep edging keep pushing, people. Yep. <laughs> and, and one of the ways to do that is to provide professional development to teachers that shows them how to use new tools and mm-hmm. shows them that it's okay to be outside of their comfort zone. And I wish that everybody could access the resources that you have through VAS because they're fantastic, but it is a membership resource that not every teacher controls whether they have access to. And yeah. do you have any great resources or ideas that you would recommend for teachers that are looking to kind of step up their game and learn new things and embrace the new that maybe don't have access to the amazing stuff you're putting together? Yeah. I mean, it can be as simple as, you know, just to start you know, obviously social media and there are lots of great Facebook groups and and people to follow on Twitter and things like that, that can get you started. But um, quite frankly, I Google a ton. Um, And so what I mean by that is, you know, when I'm thinking about kind of what are the next steps for, you know, who am I going to ask to be a speaker for professional development, things like that. I'll go to the organizations. I'll go to AMLE for the middle level educators or the national early childhood, whatever that it's NIAC, say whatever um, organization, or I'll go to the teachers of English or I'll go to, you know, I'll just, I'll start surfing and searching around. And there's so much out there that is kind of free and available. And also, I cannot tell you how willing people that you would think are not willing um, are able to ta- are, are willing to talk to you. So if you have an author that you love or read, you know, a great quote, I mean, we are really fortunate next week at our annual conference to have Debbie Irving, Julie Lithcott Hames, and Austin Channing Brown. Um, oh, wow. I just emailed them. That is a lineup. <laughs> I mean, I have been in this job how long? Like a minute and a half. And I was like, let's just do it. That, wow. And I mean, that's the thing. And they're all super willing and gracious. And, and Debbie Irving, I feel like she's my new best friend. She doesn't know it yet, but that's okay. She's going to figure it out real soon. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's the thing about kind of resources and people. And right now, and it goes back to that thriving and, and, and connection, 
people want to be helpful. People want to help you. And, and I, you know, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to say, to, to tweet at Austin Channing Brown. And she might just tweet back at you. Or um, there's that great story from last year with Jerry Craft and one of our former students. And I mean, oh, yeah. just, just go, just try it. Just try it. You never know. Even for VIS, quite frankly, VAIS.org. If you see something on there that is interesting to you, shoot me an email. I will work to see what I can do to help you. Ooh. Seriously. I mean, that's what we're all here for. Do they need like once upon a tech promo code that they can give you to like prove that they listen? Like use code Sarah and Kim. (laughs) And I think, you know, we have benefited once upon a tech podcast, like the people like you and others that are willing to come on and. Oh my gosh. Yes. It it is truly amazing. It, It wouldn't be the podcast it is without that. Every so often, we ha- the guest hangs up, and Kim and I go, "How did we just make that happen?" <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> I do feel like maybe people are even more generous than ever right now mm-hmm. because they know everybody's struggling, and if I have a gift to share, this is the time to share it because it might help somebody else. Absolutely, and it's just happening on a Zoom call now, which is so you know that's that's easy enough to do. But you're absolutely right. This is the time to connect and the time to share. So take advantage of us, and you can do it in sweatpants. Like, come on, you know, this is, this is 2020's gift to us. You know, y'all, of all I'm of the things. leggings for you today. I was like, <laughs> I should probably, like, Step if I up. wear the part, then I'll feel the part. <laughs> well, you certainly sound the part. Thank so you. thank you so much, Shannon. I, we have been tra- attempting to keep a list of resources. <laughs> and I believe that maybe we retired because you listed so many great ones so fast, but I, I, I can, I can be more helpful. It actually just really good at VIS. Look at this stuff. And if there's someone you're interested in, I have to put a plug. Um, Jen Zwellenberger, who's based out of Baltimore, is probably one of the best professional development providers I have ever seen. She does literacy work with students, both like teaching student literacy, but like her knowledge of books only rivals yours, Misfit. I'm like, put you two in a room together. And I think there might be like the most amazing book off that I have ever seen. And so, yeah, just just, very exciting. I I feel like I need to meet her and make her my friend. (laughs) Yes. And she's doing something with us on December 10th. So remind me to talk to you about that. And anyone else who finds the December 10th event, just let me know if you want to be there. Oh, see what I mean? Connectors, taking people and building them up and and linking them together. Just awesome. Thank you so much, Shannon. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad I got to talk to you both. I've missed you. Yeah. Miss you too. (laughs) All the way wherever I am. I don't want to say it in case Sarah tells people to follow me. (laughs) (laughs) I so did. (laughs) Okay, I will take a moment to rescind that. Follow her on Twitter or on Instagram, but do not follow her in person. There, I fixed it. Thank you. (laughs) All right, Kim. It's time for Friday to begin. Until next time. Tech, love, and happiness.